Sup, y'all. Sup, y'all. Welcome to We Don't Know Her. I'm Katie. I'm Christy. So uh, today we're going to be talking about anger, both how it affects us currently and how it affected us as children, our teens, our 20s, um, and some of the tools and tricks that we've used to cope with them. It's also, I think, helpful for the state of the world right now. Oh, so let me just also preface this episode by saying that Katie and I have, I mean, when we say that these topics infiltrate our lives past, present, future, we really mean it. And by that, I mean that it took us three hours to set up our equipment, (laughs) just a simple press of the button, and we really were cracking codes over here. I mean, we're killing it. We're basically killing it. We're basically professional. We're techies. Yeah. So... Yeah, we were definitely, as our topic today is anger, we were definitely experiencing some anger. We worked through it during during our setup, didn't take it out on each other, worked as no, a team. No, we kept our composure. We did, and which we've had practice we've, that. Yeah, we've shown growth. We've shown growth didn't if there's break anything. anything. So I think that in order to tackle this topic, we should get some background into, you know, when we first realized that anger was a part of our lives, how mm-hmm. it affected our childhood, all of that really, really fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so, Christy, why don't you take it away? Okay. So trying to keep it really just specific to us, it was something that I don't think I fully acknowledged as anger until young adulthood. I think that I was surrounded by it from a very young age, just growing up in the house that I grew up in, it was just a lot of more anger than, than warmth. And so it just seemed normal. I didn't know anything else. That's just how I lived. And it seemed like I could, I knew that that's not what happened in other people's households because nobody seems to be embarrassed to have anybody over at their house. Whereas for me, because it was such a whirlwind of anger all the time. So Seeing how that unfolded in my house over time, then growing up into my adolescence, still didn't really experience a lot of anger. I internally felt a lot of feelings, but I never outwardly expressed anger. And so as I got older and started to very slowly gain some type of confidence in myself, I found that the way that I was expressing it was from the examples that were set at a very young age. So not thinking before I was speaking, and it took a lot of time for me to get that under control and realize that I need to do something more with that if I want to get anywhere. So that's just kind of my my broad background. But yours was a little bit more different. Yeah, I think that both in our childhood, um, it was different for me where anger was definitely a problem in my childhood. Um, But it wasn't necessarily, my parents didn't fight a lot. They didn't really have a temper with us as when we were little with my sister and I we uh everything was pretty much fine I however have always had a temper from the time I came out the womb and I often felt that I I wanted to control the situation I wanted to have say over what happened and as a child that was the most frustrating thing to me in the world and it kind of became a joke in my family of saying well the adults would say to me I'm bigger I'm stronger I'm always going to win And that became a real trigger to me uh, to just set me off. So I think that it was often something that I felt in my childhood. It was mostly just about control and and getting angry that I was just part of somebody's plan. And it didn't matter what I wanted to do. And then that kind of continued throughout high school when I, again, didn't really care for authority or teachers telling me what I needed to do so I would lash out I would get angry um but what was strange is I think it was just a maybe a dose of privilege I never really got into a lot of trouble mm-hmm. I was really lucky I, I kind of should have and I kind of wanted to at points and my teachers even then I think they didn't take me seriously and even that lack of sending me to the principal expelling me which I know sounds so crazy fueled my anger of like you don't even take me seriously enough to punish me for my anger like Mm -hmm. it was just a whole other level so um I think it definitely evolved into you know throughout my life it's changed but I feel like it has evolved and gone from just control and then into my 20s spiraled into me being really settling into that anger so people in my high school um were kind of like 
said I was crazy because I had a temper and I broke up. I had a bad breakup with a boyfriend. I lost my temper and then was known as kind of the crazy girl. And I think that even instilled in me into my 20s where I was like, all right, you want to see crazy? Then I'm crazy, I guess. Then I have a bad temper. Then I'm just a mean bitch and that's who I am. And I settled into that. And I think you and I, that's when we became friends was right around 17, 18 when we started to settle into that a bit and then by the time we were in our early 20s we were like all right say something to us mm-hmm. either of us we we would love you to mm-hmm. and uh and that's the thing that's hard is that it it does make you think how society has we all know this that society paints women in this way of any type of self-expression that is I don't even want to say the word angry but if we have any type of if we speak up for ourselves mm-hmm. just in general it's interpreted as anger and you're being crazy you're being crazy and all of these labels get put on to women and we've we never really thought about it like as far as the society we're just like well I feel confident I feel like I have a right to say something so I'm going to I don't even care how it makes me look I don't care if it makes me look crazy I don't care if it makes me look like a bitch it's just kind of been then fine it was more fuel to the fire really it It was was just another reason for us to not be quiet because everyone's telling us to be quiet right and i was like absolutely not well because we're 22 year old girls we can't speak yeah our our mind and it's not to say that we were out of control but if anything it was i do think a lot of situations that we were put in or that we we did find ourselves in that could be interpreted as oh my gosh she's so crazy she or she is look at her lashing out or whatever the case is it was in my opinion, it, it wasn't something that we had initiated. So it's not as though we're just out starting fights, yelling at people for no reason. It's it's more so kind of... And we so. were early on. I mean, I think it was a product of when we were young. You know, we graduated high school in 2006. So I think that just around that time, too, we were still riding that wave of kind of fuck the authority. Uh, we went to punk shows and hardcore shows. Yeah. We hung out with a group of people that also shared that mindset and encouraged us to also have that mindset and it served us for a while it definitely I think was a way of protecting ourselves we both are kind of naturally sensitive people and we realized that we were getting hurt so we both settled into rather than tell someone that they hurt our feelings we were going to be angry yeah and we were going to let them know that they better not do that to us again because we're angry right and that was our number one emotion. That was always, as a child, as a teen, as in my 20s, and even now, even though I'm cognizant of it, it's my go-to emotion. The first thing yeah. I do, which isn't for everyone. Uh, some people get, you know, sad. Some people get uh, fearful. Yeah. Um, there's all different responses, but for, for me and yeah. for you, it's definitely anger. Yeah. So I would say that it, it got to the point, like we had kind of mentioned to each other before, that it wasn't so much any thought about how to cope with the anger itself it was more so we were using the anger to cope with other emotions it it yes. became kind of a crutch in certain ways mm. especially when we were still growing up and learning about ourselves you know say from the mid like our mid 20s because from childhood like i said childhood was a little bit different because we didn't really know anything else other than what we were exposed to in the house and then even growing up like through middle school i never really felt angry about anything that I can recall, the most um, like pertinent memories I would say would be starting from my early twenties until now, where you know I started to find my own my own opinions, my own voice, things that I wanted to say, stand up for myself. I wasn't scared anymore, and then um, it just kind of trickled into my relationships, especially, and that's where I think my starting point really was for learning about my anger how to control it how it affects other people how I'm using it all of those things to now how it's still a struggle for me even today you know when I start to feel that initial reaction of feeling either defensive or angry or frustrated or anything how do I cope with that how do I use that to my advantage so that I can actually make some progress in myself and my relationship whatever that may be and you know, learn from my mistakes from before. So in your relationships, how has anger really come into play and how have you learned to improve? I think that anger definitely came into play with my friendships in my 20s. I was quick to cut somebody out. I've, 
I had a whole lot of friends and I was very quick to, if you're one of those people I cut out listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I didn't have time for it. I felt that if, if you disrespected me, you were going to get my bad side. And I felt that I wasn't going to put up with it. And I felt that my anger was justified. So I cut out a lot of friendships. And my solution would be to cut them out, to walk away, to disengage, to just disappear. And then I started dating my now husband uh, 10 years ago when I was 22. And I couldn't run away anymore. I cared about him a lot. And I didn't I knew deep down, even though it took me another five, six, seven, eight, ten years mm-hmm. to learn to not react as much, he didn't deserve a partner that was that angry, that would lash out. And also, he had his own anger. He has his own feelings um, and his anger that he has from his childhood and his teens. And we didn't match well when we were angry like that. And we, I eventually realized that I needed to find some tools and to really tap into... Instead of just getting angry, lashing out, maybe taking a moment and saying, am I even angry or am I sad or am I scared? Am I jealous? All of these other emotions that I blanketed with anger for years. And I think you did the same. And I feel like when, I mean, you're, you started coping or really like having to deal with your anger in, a, in your long-term relationship as well. Yeah, I would say that the relationships you know, being in a relationship with another person, your significant other, it definitely brings out different aspects of your anger. So I I like that you can touch on that part because you are still in a, you're married. So you're in a, what we would call a serious relationship. <laughs> and I've had a number of serious relationships, but now even at this age, it is a little interesting to see how the anger plays out now that I am single, because now I, I deal with it in different ways with friends, you know, things in the workplace, at home, all of that. So it's one of those things where I think that if and when I do get into another relationship, I'm, you know, it would kind of be a little bit of a test to myself again to use what I've learned so far. Because, you know, having to deal with somebody else's anger as well really puts an extra layer of a challenge onto it. So basically what I'm trying to say is that in my relationships, when I was in them, I think the first serious relationship I was in, I don't recall being angry as much as I was just feeling subdued because the other person that I was with was so controlling and so manipulative and he got so angry and so reactionary that it didn't really leave a whole lot of room for me to do it. And if I did, I was just scared to because I was so young and he was older a little bit and fucking scary okay he was fucking scary so i don't know if you guys have seen the hills have eyes but he might have he started, might he looks like he might be from the hills that yeah. have the eyes yeah don't care for him um have. listen we all make mistakes i know just can't yeah. can't let it go yeah um, so but that was that was my first real quote-unquote real relationship but it wasn't i wasn't really fueled by the anger it wasn't really until I think the last few months when you started to find your voice enough to leave it started to come out that was the very first few times of like you start to snap back and really yeah. get angry of like, like don't you're not gonna talk yeah to me you can't this way. treat me this right. way because after feeling suppressed for so long and with him I didn't I didn't go full mode of anger because again he was fucking scary he was he and probably you were only eighteen yeah I didn't even really know what I was getting into so then it wasn't until my next serious relationship that I would say was the core of my young adulthood it was from the age of like 21 until I was almost 30 so the anger again didn't really you were definitely he I think why you weren't particularly angry with him is that uh I introduced you guys so he had been around us before and knew me and knew my temper and I think it was a running joke of kind of don't mess with us you know like everyone kind of got that vibe of like you know, don't piss us off. We are, you know, and I think he was aware of that. So you didn't feel like you needed to really say it. You, it was understood. He was, yeah, he wasn't trying, he wasn't controlling or anything. No. So he wasn't trying to control or suppress me. So I didn't really have any reason to feel he, angry he also at the knew time. you weren't a doormat. Like he knew, he knew that you weren't a doormat or someone that was going to be walked all over or, so he didn't try it. He just knew that. And then I think, you know, after maybe three, four years in, is when um well then then the anger I think yeah it came it started it started coming from other things that 
it was more frustration for me. It was it was just the dynamic of the relationship as opposed to who he was necessarily as a person. It wasn't right. like who he was was making me angry in that like his personality. It was just the dynamic of the relationship was stagnant at some points and it was so frustrating and it was there were, you know, the feeling of having to pull teeth for, from somebody to try to get anywhere in in a disagreement is I mean frustrating. So yeah, I think the anger first started to come out in ways that it was alive and well, but again, not very productive. Um, it was a lot of, there are times like, if you're a girl and you've never gotten in your boyfriend's face at some point, I mean, are you even really living? Because I think every girlfriend has gotten in their boyfriend's face and pointed their finger and been like, you're a little bitch. If and, you're from Philly, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not normal for everybody, I or, forget. Or from New York, maybe you can relate, or maybe even North Jersey. Um you might understand that. I don't know that the rest of the country can, yeah, but you're I, right. I feel you on right. that. I did that, honestly, more recently than I'd like to admit. So, yeah, um, yeah I... It, it's normal. It's just like, yeah. it's just a rite of passage almost for you to call your boyfriend a little bitch at some point. Step up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they need to be told sometimes. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> don't come for us. Yeah, don't fucking come for us or you're a little bitch. So, yeah, that's... And then it, it, it was one of those things where because he didn't really... There was no consequence to my anger like that. So I, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell me, uh, you're not going to call me names. It's like, yeah, okay. I. But you also, and this is when you started replicating that anger you you saw from your yes, parents, from your how... first boyfriend, mm-hmm. from your friends, which I was there, and I unfortunately was one of them, including other people that were just hyping you up. It was, yeah, because it was so normal for all of us, which yeah, I don't really we know didn't what that says about us. Like we didn't see the toxicity. We're dysfunctional upbringings. But, um, but yeah, it for was – it was <laughs> – it was just normal and, you know, it really – it took some looking inward on myself for for it to really start to resonate with me that you're not getting anywhere. Like, okay, so you just lashed out and you called him a little bitch and did it feel good? Yeah, it did. But did it really solve any problems? No, because now it's even worse. It just mm-hmm. makes it worse. So – that's yeah. I would say that that's kind of well. My and then you started therapy around that around that time, um, and together as a as a couple, really, it was because mm-hmm. I had been in therapy before on and off, just individually, but as a couple, yeah, you know, having a third party was helpful for me. But yeah, and yeah. I think that um, around the same time, you know, all of our friends were in serious relationships, so we were all kind of bouncing these things off of each other. Of you know, what do we do in these in these arguments? And it started to become clear that although we loved to bitch and complain to each other about how we were justified, it did start becoming clear that we needed to really take a good look at at our um, communication and how to figure it out. So I know that I, I went to therapy for a time in my early 20s. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't talk about my anger at all at the time. And then... Ricky and I have gone to therapy together for, again, just for a brief time. But that was another clue for me was the first time I had heard to really take note of your physical body when you start really reacting that way. When somebody sets you off, if you if your heart starts racing, um, for me, sometimes I get hives on my chest. My eyes will water. Um, some people get headaches. You can feel like your legs are turning to jello, which is the adrenaline rushing through your body. But when you start feeling those physical symptoms, that's your cue to be like, oh, I can no longer have a productive conversation. We're going to have to table this for a later date because you are now fired up. Now you have hormones going on. Now your brain thinks that you are in a fight or flight situation. That's not the time to resolve anything. So um, I think that was really helpful. Both of us, individual therapists and, and stuff have told us to take note of our physical bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, What is another thing that I feel like that you learned? It's really just being able to recognize that first. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is the first step. And I think that once you can at least start to recognize it, and honestly, I I do kind of want to go back to what we were talking about in our young adulthood, is that, like, I – I don't regret how we lived. I don't regret anything or how it – how our anger really was expressed but I will say that your whole entire life who you surround yourself with who we were hanging out with at the time we were in a group of people that were just an echo chamber for ourselves of yeah that's what I would do or yeah that person if he yeah if he wronged me I would do that too or and 
it was fine. You know, we didn't get into any serious trouble, really. However, looking back on it now, I can say that I think who we were surrounded with and their mentalities and the environment that we were in. I mean, we went to hardcore shows where people literally fist fight each other for yeah. fun. And at the time, it was great because it, it was a good outlet for us where we weren't harming ourselves or other people. But again, being in that environment, I think, was some type of influence on that. So um, yeah, as we have kind of grown out of that group and that that type of social network, we're in our early 30s. We're not, you know, really old or anything. But I do think that Obviously, our mindsets have changed. We are always trying to better ourselves and and be more productive. But environmental, I think, does play a role. Yeah, in, I think so. In that too. So I am thankful that we were able to kind of step outside of it because now carrying that around with you, it is such a weight that once you can learn how to cope with that and use it to your advantage, and we're all human, we're going to feel angry. That's just a natural. It's a natural emotion. However, it does matter what you do with it because you can use it to your advantage and really get shit done if you can channel it in a way that is that is going to be useful and people will actually listen to you as opposed to just yelling, screaming, lashing out right. like we used to do. How can you be effective and how can you use your anger for good as opposed to just the, to, to let it be some toxicity that lives within you and, yeah. and around other people? Christy and I say this a lot now, especially with the current climate. I've been telling it to others and myself for months. We'll take a moment to vent to each other um, to say, can you believe this is happening? Can you believe the state of the world? And whereas I used to cycle those thoughts through my head repeatedly and hype myself up more and more and more to get angrier and angrier, I've realized now that I need to take all of that energy and think about what I want the outcome to be and then start talking about that as opposed to what I don't want. And it's almost tricking your brain into a positive way of thinking, into a different, you'll start to feel your body uh, feel less tense and you feel a little bit more clear-headed. It doesn't give you that surge of adrenaline and that, that makes you feel, and cortisol that just makes you so intense. So I think to take a moment and really think about it and also to really focus on how we said you know what is the main theme of your anger is there something that you can find a connection between that's a running theme of a childhood when you were in your teens when you were in your 20s for me like I said it was control that was that spiraled into my body image into control with my friends I hate a surprise I don't I want to know everything all of the time and that's extremely exhausting and annoying but if I understand that about myself, I can communicate it to others and let them know I'm not trying to be angry, but when I don't have control, I suffer. So Christy knew never to throw me a surprise birthday party, whereas I th- we threw her a surprise birthday party and mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. So if you know those triggers, you can also prevent yourself from getting angry and help other people understand you and get to, to know, know her. her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that you said that because it does really show the connection and the string of events that lead you to how you deal with all of your shit now. I mean, it's just recognizing all of that stuff is super helpful because it's not just enough for you to be able to sit and think, okay, I just can't act this way anymore. You know, that is also not super productive. And also just trying to trick yourself into being simply positive is also not realistic. I, no. At least in my opinion, I think that the 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 most useful way to be able to come to some type of resolve or plan for yourself is to have you have to sit back and think okay where did this all start because there is a common denominator of your anger and for you you said that it was having the well not having control is what triggered you right and that is has played a a part in all of your events thus far and you know and you get angry about other stuff too but that's the main thing that it's it really takes a lot of effort to use those tools to actually deal with it. I think for me, it was more so just feeling criticized or belittled or basically just not being taken seriously. If Yeah, not being validated. Not being validated or at least just, I don't need everybody to agree with me. I don't need everybody to see things from my perspective, but at least to feel as though what I say does matter. Right. Then... If I'm not getting that or if somebody is purposely withholding that or whatever the case may be, that's my biggest trigger that I really have to check myself when I start to feel those changes of the my blood pressure is rising, my heart's beating faster, I'm starting to go, my vision is getting blurred. And 
those are the times that are the real test to yourself of can you stop yourself in the moment to say, okay, I'm feeling the changes, feeling the body Mm -hmm. changes. Let me just think about what's happening right now. I know that I am not well enough right now to even say anything useful. So and communicating that to the person if you're yes. if you're in an argument with somebody saying, I've reached that point of anger that mm-hmm. I cannot have a logical conversation with you. We're gonna have to discuss this later. Yes. Um, I always say that we we call it hulking out, but you know, if you've ever seen the Hulk turn in any movie, he starts screaming to everyone, he's like, Get out of the room, yeah. it's happening, yeah. get out of here. That is That's how literally it feels. how it feels. Yeah. It feels like I can feel the anger taking over my body and I'm like, save yourself yes. and run because if you stay here, I, I can't be you. responsible for what happens. Yeah. I just yeah. can't. So. so yeah, having that type of warning to yourself and the other person, I think that it's it's completely reasonable to be able to do that. And and honestly, I've been on both sides of that and I I can say that when somebody does tell me that, I get it and I back off because that's the only way that we are going to be able to move on from this. There's... At that point, you're just wasting your breath if you're both just trying to have a conversation based off of emotion. It's just, it's just exhausting. No, there's no point. And I think you can never control how somebody else reacts to you. So just knowing that about yourself and saying, I'm going to take time now, no matter what you say, that just is what it is. And that's what I need. So I'm going to do that. That's what you need to do. That other person may not know what they need to do when they're angry yet. Maybe they haven't figured it out. And maybe they don't realize that that they're at that point where maybe they should take a minute. So it's up to you. You know, it's it's unfortunate and it's the hardest thing I think about anger is to realize that it's no one else's fault. You can get angry at anyone and say, but they did this, but still up to you how you reacted. Right. May not have, your initial reaction isn't up to you. How you handle it, how you communicate it is everything. Yeah, definitely. And um, unfortunately, the older you get, it's impossible to have a relationship of any kind with somebody who doesn't understand their anger. They don't know how to, they don't know where it comes from. They don't know how to control it. Like we said on The Housewives, Dorinda is a perfect <laughs> example. I Oof. mean, if you don't understand your anger, you could lose your job on The Housewives. Like, come on, guys. Come on. I mean, your Get futures are at stake. I mean, it really is true. I've seen it firsthand, experienced it firsthand. It really is a matter of trial and error because you and I have both had our fair share of seeing what works, slipping up, you know, it's a it's a long process of trying to do all of this, then also on top of that, being able to almost forgive yourself in a way because you'll make mistakes, you're going to make mistakes. And maybe you have a, a reaction sometime that you didn't really want to have, then it's up to you to go back and say, my bad, I'm working on it. You know, it's yeah. it's all about owning your shit and just taking responsibility for it because nobody is perfect, but it does say a lot about somebody who can just say, listen, I fucked up, you know, I fucked up and I and got this angry. Is why, and this is why, and this is how I'm really feeling. And maybe you are, were just feeling true anger. Yeah. Um, maybe it wasn't something else, but I think, but it's important to know how could anyone else understand your feeling if you don't understand your feeling? So if you are committed to the idea that you're angry, but you're not, you're just acting angry, you're not going to get a resolve. If you can't tell someone that you're sad or, or whatever it is, um, you're not going to get the result you want and you're probably just going to continue to be angry then that you didn't get the result that you want, which then fuels you to continue to be angry. Yeah. And I think that it is important to assess how you're feeling and then act appropriately. You know, I got into an argument the other day. I realized that I was at my absolute limit. I was really stressed I was really affected by the world in general and a very tiny argument with my husband turned into a huge deal and I left. I, not in a way to, you know, like I'm leaving. I needed to take a minute um, in order to have a rational conversation with him. I took a really long drive. I came back and we talked it out and we resolved it. But if I had stayed, that wouldn't have happened. And understanding what you need to do in that moment is all that matters. You can explain that to other people and that might take some time for them to understand it. But as long as you know and you act on it, then you're, you're keeping your side of the street clean and you're doing what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I It's it's all about the awareness and kind of learning how to really hone in on that when you are feeling super angry and really 
just being able to recognize that. So it does come in different packages, the anger, because your relationships, there's so many different kinds. I mean, anger could manifest itself from road rage or, you know, a poor interaction with a coworker or a family member. And so I think it does kind of depend on your relationship, yeah. you know, because there are there are situations like, for instance, with the road rage, I have a history of being a rageful driver. I mean, I'm smashing stereotypes over here about Asian drivers because mm-hmm. if anything, I'm the one who's the aggressor, or I used to be at least, but... That's also part of Philadelphia because that kind of... True. Too, but but it is just another... It's just kind of a smaller example of how you handle that because now it really is about finding what is going to benefit you. Being in your car in like a... God, what is that fucking line from Anchorman? I'm in a glass case case of emotion. emotion. When you are literally in a glass case of emotion riding in the car after a really shitty interaction with somebody who can't drive, you're the one just carrying that. They don't give a shit about you. So You literally drank the poison and hope somebody else died. Exactly. I think, too, the other thing is that it's not only just the emotion, the, the anger that you're feeling, like... You can't stop yourself from, if somebody cuts you off, you are initially going to be angry. Mm-hmm. But Christy and I have talked about this before. You don't need to, everyone knows this feeling of when you get angry and you're like, yeah, but you know what? I want to be angry and I'm going to yeah. stay angry. Or sad. You could do it when you're sad too. And you'll like listen to things that make you even angry or watch something to make it even worse. And you kind of self-sabotage. So maybe that person cuts you off. You're angry. Do you need to continue to ride their ass and beep at them or think about it and then tell your coworker when you got to work? No. They can cut you off. You can be like, you're, you're a jackass, which is what I often say uh, to that person. And then start thinking what I do, my trick, is to start thinking of I wonder why they did that. I wonder if they're running really late. I wonder if they're about to get fired. I wonder if they work night shift and they're exhausted and they need to get home. There's so many things that... Once you start, it's a way to distract yourself. Just calm yourself down a bit and take yourself out of that that moment. So instead of really feeding into it, I know it feels really good sometimes, but you have to take a moment and be like, okay, yeah, don't feed into it. Course correct. Yeah. What's the next best right action that you could take to not ruin your – because it's not – worth it who cares like honestly who cares to be so angry it really is and honestly it's so funny because if anything you said that you wonder if i'm always like they fucking better have it they better (laughs) have a good fucking excuse because that's the only thing that's going to keep me well i say there's a difference too for the record there's a difference too between somebody who cuts in my opinion (laughs) in philadelphia (laughs) when somebody cuts you off because they are completely oblivious and they literally don't even know what day it is or that they're even driving. That they're on the road. They don't even seem to know they're on the road. They're in La La Land. Or somebody who looks you in the eye and says, and then cuts you off intentionally. You. Yeah. And then, like, you just see them do it to everybody else and you're like, oh, you're an You're asshole. just a dick. You can tell when somebody's just in their own world and they're trying to drive really fast or they're just oblivious, but they are in their own world. Then there's other people who are just assholes. And the people who are in their own world, much easier to forgive. The true assholes, though, you got to even try to find it in you for them, too. Because at the end of the day, it's for you. Yeah. Like, there was a man a couple, you know, what was it, two years ago that pulled up next to me. I was at a red light. To this day, I think about it before I go to sleep. He pulled up next to me. He was screaming at me. He was spitting. His face was really red. Rabid. I couldn't understand what he was yelling at me. I think he called me a dumb bitch. Mm -hmm. And then he drove away. And to this day, I don't know what he was mad at. Oh, I man. have no idea what I, – I wasn't even in the same lane as him. But I'm sure that ruined his day, week, whatever. And now it was just a – I laughed. There are – yeah, there are – like you can tell – you can almost kind of tell it's, when it it's funny. like – When it is, yeah. By the humor in it. Yeah, exactly. Because – And that goes for anger in general. Yeah, You never actually know who you're mouthing off to. And um, I've learned myself, you mm-hmm. know. Like I'm not somebody who – I don't, I don't talk back to anybody. I don't come, I don't start anything. I never start Don't anything. start no shit. Don't start nothing, won't, won't be nothing, be you know? No like, I had an issue more other people would start with me or with my friends. That was a problem. But, uh, yeah, I think just, it's just the adult thing to do. And I know that it feels so good to have a tantr- temper tantrum and just let it out sometimes. And you can, you know, they have those places where you can go, oh my oh, well, God, I guess I would love to go. Anymore, where you can yeah. break stuff, but I don't know. Find some type of outlet. My mom used to slam every single cabinet in the kitchen. That was her MO when we were really little and we were just being awful. 
and I did that actually when I was nannying. Um, I nannied for 10 years, which was actually in my 20s, which was probably a big part of why I was so angry when I was with my friends because I had to be so nice when I was nannying and so calm all day. But yeah, I think you got to find other things, whatever works for you. Driving is what works for me. It's the only thing that can actually calm me down because I have to focus on doing something else. And I can put on a podcast or music to calm myself down. Journaling, going for a walk. Some type call, of safe. Call a friend. Christy yeah. and I usually, my first move is before I even get in the car is I text or call Christy right away. Call a friend. If that's what you need, anyone, if you need to vent, but you know it's going to be toxic, you can't say those things to your partner or to the person you're fighting with. Mm-hmm. Call anyone that's a soundboard for you that you can just get it out so that then you can have a real productive conversation later. Yeah, and I think that it is important to note that sometimes the anger, you know, you don't want to put yourself in an unsafe situation because sometimes it's good, I think, to at least check in with somebody before you're driving a car, before you're yeah. going out where you could potentially yeah if you're crying yeah yeah I mean it depends on what level you're at um that doesn't obviously work for everyone but but at least like having that in the back of your head that okay you you are aware enough or you have yeah you understand your anger enough to know when it truly is unsafe and when I'm and that's another part yeah that's a whole other part of getting to know it of getting to know yourself and your anger and what works for you is also when are you too angry to do x when is a good time to do that because you know, there's sometimes where hanging out with Christy or with my other friends is exactly what I need. And there's other times where I'm like, you know, I'm probably just going to ruin the night because I'm really not in the mood. It's not it's not going to work for me. Yeah. Um. So just knowing yourself and what, what you need and kind of tuning into that. And also knowing that your feelings are valid. They're never, it's never not valid to get angry or to get upset or to have the feelings that you're feeling. You just want to take a moment to think about how you can be productive and actually use them in your favor and make your relationships better. Um, use it as a growing point, as a learning point, and not just a bump in the road, but like, okay, so how do we make sure that it doesn't happen again? What did we learn? You're never going to fully fix it, but even if you learn one little thing different each time you get angry or blow up, that you're like, okay, maybe next time I'll do this. Uh, eventually you'll find what works for you. And you'll you can surprise yourself sometimes because there are plenty of times when I feel angry about something and I don't say anything at first. It, it I feel like these days I react less. However, that doesn't mean that the anger is not there. Right. So basically when I do feel angry, what I tend to do is kind of just ride the wave of the conversation and see what happens before I react. And it isn't usually until maybe a little bit of time has passed after that situation where the anger then starts to kind of build where I'm like, oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, that actually really angers me. That pisses me off that that happened or that this person said this or whatever the case is. And then we'll turn into thinking about the situation, recognizing the anger. And now what do I do with that? Because I want to express it to this person, but I don't want to cause any fires I don't want to start any shit so that's kind of how I've learned to deal with it and there's so many times I don't know how many you know oh man I should have said this or I should have done that and I wish I would have just said this in the moment but it doesn't usually come until you know you're like in the shower or something thinking about it complete opposite we are very um you've got mail (laughs) so in you've got mail for anyone who's over the age of 20 you might know that um you know Meg Ryan has a really hard time saying what she wants to say in the moment she thinks about it later and she's like oh Mm should have said it Tom Hanks says the meanest thing and he's like it's not always the grass isn't always greener to be able to really say the mean thing in the moment is a blessing and a curse I have that gift I can say I say the I can say some really brutal things right off the bat and then later instead of wishing I had said it I'm sitting there remorseful and being like maybe I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have gone that far because you can always do more you can never do less true so when in doubt, don't say the thing. Yeah. Um, always better to have it in your back pocket than yeah. to say it to somebody. Yeah, because you um, can't, once Pandora's out of the box, you can't put her back can't in. Can't put it back in. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that that's, I think that's important to take that, always just take a moment. Just take a, just, just take, take a breath. A take a breath, you know, sit for a second before that you just spew out the first thing that comes to mind because, yeah, ex- exactly like Katie said, you 
you don't want to feel regretful about it or wishing that you had said something. That's not, you're going to hurt someone else's. So now you're angry. So now you're a hurt person hurting somebody else. Now you have two hurt people. What are we doing with that? And how do you backtrack from that? So not productive. Right. Um, So I think that thinking about what that other person is, maybe what they need, what you need, taking a moment, coming back to the conversation. um, Those are all really helpful tools. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that uh, you and I use when we're angry that is helpful. Um, Oh, using your favorite thing to say, using a lot of I statements. When you are expressing your anger or your feelings to that person to make sure that you're effective, you know, effectively communicating and whether that's your coworker, your significant other, your friend, you want to say, I felt this way uh, when this happened. I would like this to happen in the future. It's all I because when you start talking about them, you're going to start getting angry again. And now that break that you took totally made no point at all because now you're just in part two of an argument. Right. So instead of it turning into another argument when the conversation happens, use the I statements, say strictly how you felt, why you felt that way, and what you would like to happen in the future. Keeping it on yourself is important because... And knowing what you would want to happen instead. And that's the thing of even if it takes you a good 24 hours before you have the conversation... Keeping it on yourself is important because if you have the conversation too soon when you are still feeling the peak of your anger or just anger in general, then it becomes a finger pointing contest of what you did to the other or what the other person did to you and vice versa. And you run yourself into the ground getting nowhere. So really take the time that you need, whether that's 24 hours or 48 hours, Whatever you need to do. Whatever it is. Some people, it it, it could take longer than that. Especially they say that, I heard this, that if you have uh, trauma, it can take you 72 hours or longer to process. Because often when your anger gets triggered, that can trigger a lot of your trauma and some feelings that maybe aren't even just about this situation, but about other things as well. So you definitely want to take time to separate out your feelings, make sure how you're feeling and if it's there's anything else going on additionally that maybe you need to handle. Because that's where you're going to be productive and effective when you do come back to have the conversation. And this, it's I don't know, I just keep kind of thinking in terms of a significant other relationship because I think that's where I run into my arguments the most, my anger the most, I would say. I don't yeah. argue with my friends. I don't fight with my friends. And if, our moms. Exactly. And our and and even then, even my relationship with my mom, I feel the anger, but the way that I express it with her is completely different than I would with a significant other. Right. But regardless, it is really important to take the time to examine yourself because when you do feel this emotion and you know that you have acted poorly in the past then that's really when you can start making some headway with this it's really like I said it's not point blank oh I just stopped doing this it's really understanding yourself enough to know okay this is how I manage it this is what has worked for me in the past you know learning about this and this is what hasn't worked for me so it is going to be a lot of trial and error and you know what if that even means taking the time to call your friend and just have a complete venting Mm -hmm. say no holds barred shit you know this let it out then do that write about it whatever you need to do just get it out and then because sometimes you do need to talk some shit at least in a safe space talk some shit and let it all out say all the things that you shouldn't say to that other person but you want to get out of your system and then start to think about how to move forward from it because anger is such a heavy weight that we have both carried it with ourselves for so long that not having that weight anymore, there's no negotiating with myself to ever go back to that way of thinking or way of dealing with things. It's just not even worth it to me. Why would I want to go back to feeling pissed off all the time and angsty and frustrated and just like ready to fucking fight? Well, I and think, like, and I th- that's the thing is I think that right now, especially in our country, everyone is so angry. A lot of people rightfully so, myself included. Um, but it can, like I said, feel really good to settle into that anger. And I think that is what most of our country and maybe the world has done. Everyone is really settled into that toxic place of I'll yell louder. I'll say the meaner thing. I'll do the meaner thing. And although it does feel good, it doesn't get anywhere. And now we are in such an angry, high stakes situation that I think if everyone listening 
took a little bit of this to heart and maybe just even reflected on your anger, I think we could do some good. And I think that it's it could be really beneficial right now because we can't control the world, but we can control ourselves. So if you can't at least deal with your own anger, then hearing all of these other angry people will affect you less, I think. And because this is such a large scale of change that needs to happen that, again, your feelings are valid. Anybody who is angry is valid to feel angry. It's really just a matter of who is willing to learn from it and put it to good use Mm -hmm. because, like you said, I mean, there are so many people who have – to say that they have the right to be angry is such an understatement because even thinking about it right now, I can feel my physiological changes happening – Because I really do feel for those people who have been so disenfranchised and just oppressed. And I won't get on a long tangent, but just how much of a grand scale that is. Just the general theme of this is we're hoping that this will elicit some really important change. And it's going to take a long time. And that's where it is crucial for the anger to be turned into productivity and Again, you can feel the feelings, but what can we do now? Right. Now what can we do to use this to everyone's advantage and make some fucking progress? But and that's Yeah, and that's why at this time, especially in the world, we wanted to create this podcast and start um, having conversations about, okay, we're having the feelings, but now what? What do we do? How do we, how do we take our trauma? How do we take all the things that have happened to us in the past and connect them to who we are now and also work towards being better as a collective, as individuals? We need to, we can't use this as excuses for our bad behavior. We have to start connecting our trauma and our feelings into productive ways because it's it's getting old. And we're at the point now where I, myself, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people say that they don't, that they don't care or they're not involved in the world. And I think a lot of that is a lack of introspection because if you really took a moment and reflected on yourself and reflected on others, there's no way you couldn't care. So... I hope everyone does reflect on their anger and their feelings um, just a little bit and think about how you can be better and maybe uh, more helpful to those around you and not put all that hatred back out into the world. Yeah, I I agree. I think that it really, it's the lack of empathy that not even just in the world, but, you know, within your smaller communities that um, also plays a role in it because when you are only focused on how you're feeling about something, there's another side to it. You know, there is like another person involved who is also having these feelings that you do have to take into consideration. I mean, you're not the only person involved. So I think in order to to really be able to make any progress, you have to feel empathetic in some way. You have to understand that there are, it's not just you. You're entitled to feel angry, but Well, and there isn't any room for empathy when you're filled with anger. So if you want to be filled with some other feelings like joy and, and, you know, feeling grateful and all of those other good feelings, you have to start working on the toxic ones and how you can eliminate them. So with that being said, what do you think um, this is the part of our episode where we talk about what our goal is for this week and how we're going to apply what we discussed to ourselves? Um, so I think that my goal this week, I've been watching a lot of Ancient Aliens. Okay. I didn't watch it for the first 10 years it was on, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, I'm telling you, there's some crazy shit on that show. I'm really getting into it. There's a lot of things going on I didn't know about. That's for another episode. But I watched an episode the other day about a guy who was, you know, harnessing his energy and doing it, like, physical things with it. He was actually healing people, and they were showing it scientifically. They were doing all these tests on him. Um, and I thought it was really interesting, and I decided that, like I said earlier, taking those negative emotions, turning them to a positive, I am going to try to get back into my meditation and start really start channeling and meditating on what I want, putting love out there into the universe, putting understanding and kindness, and meditating on what I want to happen because, you know, worries are just manifesting negative things all the time. Being angry is just literally manifesting the opposite of what you want. You're just saying the worst things and then making them true. So I'm going to go with meditation and I'm going to try to really focus on that and start putting positive out there so that I can get rid of some of the negative. Okay. I like it. Um, Yeah. I think it's funny because I feel like when we talk about our goals for the week, it really is just our goals forever. You know, Mm -hmm. it goes beyond the week. But so I think my goal 
would be to just continue to educate myself on things that I don't know about because I know how I feel about the situations that are going on in the country, but I want to be able to be productive with it. So I think instead, if there is a time or place that come up where, you know, what's going on in the world comes up in conversation or a situation, I want to be more productive and informative than reactionary and emotional because, you know, it's time to get serious here. And in order for things to happen, people need to be informed, yeah, inc- myself included. Yeah, use use information as your weapon instead of getting angry. Exactly. Mm, the more informed you are, the more you can do something about it. Yeah, so I just want to be more informed, educated, and that way if I do feel myself getting into any situation, then I will hopefully be locked and loaded to And then make maybe some you change. can make that person less angry by giving them information. I would hope so. And just even, you know, on, in a more personal level of the anger, I think that I just want to continue to be able to take those those breaths before reacting because there were a couple of situations that I was talking to you about before we even started recording this today that really just irked me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you that You didn't it's, react though. You didn't I do it. I didn't react. And I think that I just want to try to continue to do that because – Everyone is very emotional right now. I'm super sensitive, so I feel like I, f- I can feel everybody else's feelings too, and it just makes me feel overwhelmed. So I, I'm vulnerable to be reactionary right now. And mm-hmm. so keeping that under control and just trying to keep my shit together, you know, we'll just keep on keeping on because you can do is do you. It's, it's just overwhelming sometimes. So anybody who understands that. And so. if you are, if you are feeling angry, uh, if you want to get it off your chest, if you want advice, if any of the above um feel free to follow us and dm us on instagram at we don't know her pod you could also send us an email at we don't know her pod at gmail.com if you want to just vent we're always here to listen to you and to talk things through and give some advice if you want to recommend any topics you'd like to discuss in the future hear more about we're happy to listen to suggestions any feedback is you know welcome and hopefully you you got something out of this episode. And uh, even if for an hour just listening to this, maybe you felt a little less angry, that mm-hmm. would be great. So, or understood or heard. But we love a good discussion with anybody who can relate and understand what we are going through too. So reach out to us and then we will see you on the next one. All right. Peace. Bye.